This is Steve Rodriguez with Tags Podcast. Really excited today to be talking to filmmaker Graham Colbeans with his brand new film, Queer Japan. Queer Japan will premiere at Outfest, um, I believe, this weekend. Actually, we'll ask him. Graham, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Really good, good. Um, thank you. First of all, uh, congratulations on your film. It was I really, really loved it and learned so much about um, LGBT, LGBTQ and more life in Japan. Thank you. I'm so glad you enjoyed watching it. It's such a thorough documentary on life in Japan in general, but really how did you go about creating this? Did you live in Japan? And I understand that you kind of, not being Japanese yourself, you took, you're Canadian, correct? Yeah, that's correct. I'm Canadian. I live in Los Angeles most of the time. Um, when I was working on the film, I was living in Japan for about six months. And I was working with a number of translators and interpreters because my Japanese isn't quite um, on the level of doing a high, highly detailed interviews. So um, I was mostly filming and then um, working with interpreters to ask interview questions. Cool. What was it about um, Japan that really drew you in, in general, about the LGBTQ life? Yeah, it all kind of started about seven or eight years ago. Um, I started working with a few different gay manga artists. Um, I was a fan of artists like Gengaro Tagame and Jiraiya. And I had never seen their work published in English, so I got together with a friend of mine, Anne Ishii, who has translated and edited the works of several manga artists in the past, and we embarked on this project of um, starting to get gay manga translations published in English. And, and explain so was, to us what manga means? Uh, manga just means comics. It's a, the Japanese it. word for comics. So um, there's this whole thriving manga industry in Japan and a lot of fans of manga around the world. But um, this like small niche of um, manga made by gay men for gay men um, hadn't really been published internationally so much. So that's why we started working on this project that became Massive Goods. Um, and it start, we uh, started making books and T-shirts and organizing international tours with artists like Gengaro Tagame, who's one of the subjects in Queer Japan. And that kind he's, of... Oh, he's the one, sorry, he's the one that you profile that m much of his art is uh, conjures up Tom of Finland, if you will. Is that correct? Yeah, people have called him the Tom of Finland of Japan. And we actually have a scene in the film where he goes to visit the Tom of Finland Foundation here in Los Angeles. I so, love that scene so much. That was so great because I'm a big yeah. Tom of Finland fan myself. Yeah, it was kind of cool seeing those two artistic queer cultures intersecting. Um, but yeah, he's so his work is kind of known for featuring these like muscly, sometimes hairy guys with BDSM themes. And interestingly, he has had a crossover to mainstream success in the past few years with an all-ages manga sort of like discussing gay issues and family life called My Brother's Husband. I love it. I love it. And so when when people watch the film, obviously that's an area that, you know, people can relate to or have heard of. But your film goes into so much depth about the various ways that LGBTQ 
people are expressing themselves. Uh, in one particular area, there's a club that you feature, Department H, I believe it's called. Yeah, that's right. And I was writing down some quotes where I think it's Marguerite. She's one of the people that actually, um, does she hold the party? She says yeah. something fetish goes beyond gender and she said something also i wrote down an amusement park for sensible adults uh talk to my audience about that and and how did you discover department h yeah so department h is this hentai party that's what the h stands for and hentai is a word that's very flexible but at its core it basically means perversion or pervert um but here it's used in a very like um, cheeky, um, celebratory sense. So it's a party full of people who have different kinks, um, everything from puppy play to drag to BDSM and beyond. So Margaret has been hosting this party for over 20 years and along with a couple other co-hosts. And, um, yeah, she talks, she has a lot of insights to drop in the film and she talks about how, you know, there's gender, there's sexual orientation, and then there is fetish or kink. And that can go beyond um, who we're interested in to what we're interested in. And sometimes that can transcend um, categories like gay or straight. And um, yeah, I think the, the line, um, it's an amusement party for sensible adults, is said by um, one of the other participants at the party, Machie, and she's kind of talking about how Department H is this fantasy land where anyone can um, sort of present however they want and maybe engage in forms of play, but um, there's always sort of consent at the base of it. So if you're not sensible, if you're not going to follow the rules of consent, um, usually a drag queen will drag you out of that party. So I think that's kind of what she's referring to. I love it. I love it. In so much of the film, I learned so much about how progressive Japanese culture within the LGBT world, whether it was, you know, the representation of lesbian clubs or bars um, you feature, whether it was a band, there's an actual band that you feature uh, that is called HIV that sings songs about STIs whether it was the Bhutan dance, um, did you, were you surprised at how progressive and in some ways maybe more progressive J- um, queer J- Japan is than America? Yeah, there is so much um, really fascinating stuff happening in queer culture in Japan that's like pushing the envelope beyond um, what I've seen in other p- parts of the world. At the same time, it's kind of difficult outside of the, LGBTQ culture scene because um, there's so much sort of um, misunderstanding about what it means to be queer um, outside of those circles. I think it's getting better, but there's still a lot of um, school bullying and workplace discrimination. So sometimes people don't feel comfortable coming out at work or at school, but then in the queer scene, they can have these really full creative lives. And it's interesting to sort of see that separation. We tried to sort of highlight just the, the beauty of what's happening in the 
scene itself. Um, we do talk about some of the political issues and some of the discrimination issues, but we sort of just wanted to celebrate all of these amazing expressions that were happening. And you definitely do. One of the, just one last area that I loved, uh, we did this on our podcast recently. We had a deaf interpreter and you feature deaf LGBT um, there's a center actually for them. And one of the quotes I wrote was deaf LGBT people do exist and they need to be represented in society. And I just thought that's so, you know, I've learned that here on the show and, and having an interpreter for the deaf community. And I just love that you featured that. Yeah, it was such a pleasure to have an interview with Fuyumi Yamamoto of the deaf LGBT center. She's based in Osaka and um, she talks about how a lot of um, words for LGBT issues, even like words like transgender or lesbian, um, were not known in the deaf community. So um, her center had to sort of like educate and spread knowledge about how to communicate about these issues. And it was really difficult, um, especially for her husband, who is FTM transgender. And when he was going through the legal process, um, they had to hire a sign language interpreter for the court. And um, oftentimes, like, the sign language interpreter wouldn't really understand the LGBT issues. And so it's kind of, there were a lot of, like, intersecting um, sort of issues between um, LGBT rights and the deaf community that she brought up. Right. And lastly, um, tell me what hentai means. So hentai can be translated to perversion, um, but it can also sort of in, be used interchangeably with queer in some contexts. Um, and it hasn't really been adopted so widely as an identity the way that queer is, but um, it's a very like umbrella term that can just mean like any kind of sexuality outside of the norm. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I just loved the film. I learned so much. I've always wanted to go to Tokyo, but now definitely Japan in general. And I do think you just presented such a, an amazing film about how free and, and just interesting queer Japan is. But like you said, they're, they're still held back by a lot of, you know, the laws of society and on. So great job. I loved it so much. And when will it uh, debut at Outfest this Sunday? Yeah, it's going to play this Sunday at 1.30 p.m. at Outfest at the TCL Chinese Theaters in Hollywood. So we're pretty excited to have its North American premiere in that iconic venue. Uh, we just had our Tokyo um, International premiere last weekend at Rainbow Reel Film Festival, and it was a really amazing experience. We had a, a packed theater, and 15 of our cast were there, and it was just like so fun celebrating and watching this movie with the communities that it represents. Awesome, awesome. And for people that won't make it, um, can people go to uh, your site to keep up with the film as it, as it continues to unveil? Yeah, check out QueerJapanMovie.com. We're going to be adding more festival screenings and follow us on social media at Queer Japan. Uh, we're currently looking for distribution to get it to wider audiences, but hopefully it'll be playing in a festival near you soon. Thank you so much, Graham. The film is called Queer Japan. Check it out. Hopefully you can make it to Outfest. Otherwise, um, visit his site. Thank you so much. Thank you, Steve. 
awesome 